Welcome to the Asking Why podcast. I'm your host, Clint Davis. I'm a marriage and family therapist and licensed professional counselor trained in trauma and addiction. The Asking Why podcast is for anyone on a journey of healing and restoration. If you are searching for answers to life's questions and want to learn more about root causes from a psychological and theological mix, this show is for you. In this podcast, myself and a co-host from Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness will interview guests on a wide range of topics in order to get down to the heart of the problems facing our world and understand why things happen and how to change the world and ourselves for the better. Want to learn more tips and tricks to living a healthy lifestyle? Visit us at Clint Davis Counseling and Integrative Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to meet our staff or book a speaker, go to clintdaviscounseling.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe today. All right. Welcome to Asking Why Podcast, episode 42. Got to do two podcasts this week because we were a little behind. So we have Lisa Rao today, um, and we're going to be talking about infant loss, miscarriage. So it's a pretty heavy topic um, that I find that people don't discuss enough. Um, so we're going to try to be sensitive with that. So if you have had a miscarriage or lost a child, um, you know, we want to be very gentle in the way we talk about this while at the same time uh, talking about some facts and, and maybe alleviating some myths and giving some encouragement. And so, um, yeah, I just, Lisa had reached out to me and we had talked and she had been listening to the podcast and was talking to me about her ministry. And I just love the idea. And obviously as a clinician, I've worked with a lot of women and, and men and families that have had miscarriages or lost a, a child. And so I see the intimate ways in which that, you know, plays out and I'm sure you do too. So, um, yeah, let's get started. So Lisa, tell me kind of who you are and, and about your ministry. Yeah. So, uh, I'm Lisa and, um, I've been here in Bossier for about 14 years. I think I'm from San Antonio, but about, um, a few, maybe six or seven years ago, I actually began the ministry and we minister to families who have had miscarriage, stillbirth, infant loss, or in those early years, occasionally I do ministry for older children. Um, but basically, um, we send out a basket and I call it a basket now cause I used to deliver to houses. Um, but now we just mail everything out mainly. Um, and it has like a bear, um, scriptures, music, uh, uh, necklaces, um, books, um, answering those questions, women and men and children have whenever they have a loss. Mm -hmm. And so we minister to those families because whenever somebody has had a loss, most times family members and friends don't know how to reach them or they say the wrong thing. So we're here to help minister in a way that uh, people don't know how to. Yeah. And so what's the name of the ministry? Juliana Grace Ministry. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And so how did you get into that? What, what was so, the story? Like what's your testimony? So my story is um, we had planned for our first baby. We got married. We had planned. Um, everything was great. I was in tip top shape. We got pregnant when we decided to get pregnant. It was pretty quick. Um, we were pregnant about five months when I noticed, um, Juliana quit moving. So that's about 23 weeks mm. in pregnancy. And so I, when, you know, women are like, Oh, what's going on? What's going on? But everyone around me was like, no, she's fine. You know, my baby quit moving at this time and then just drink some orange juice. Everything's fine. And so about a few days she wasn't moving. So I went into the doctor's office by, by myself. My husband um, didn't come with me because everybody told you it was okay. It was fine, okay. Yeah. We're fine. And I'm not one to 
be in, in people's faces and like panic and stuff. So I went, um, the nurses came in and I saw Juliana on the sonogram machine and she wasn't moving. And I thought maybe sh this was a different type of sonogram mm -hmm. machine. And so later on, the doctor came in and she said, he said, Lisa, I'm sorry, but she's gone. Mm -hmm. And so immediately, um, I felt this condemnation. What did I do? And that's very common. Women think we must have done something to kill our children. And so that's what was my, what did I do to kill my child? And so, um, a few days later, um, I, in the process, rededicated my life to Christ in my tears and pain. And then I went to the hospital and, um, 24 hours later, I gave birth to Juliana Grace. She was 11 and a uh, half inches long, mm. 1.5 pounds. She was, it looked like a small doll. And, um, I had a woman, um, was going to come and take pictures of her and I didn't do that. It's something I don't live with regret, but that's something I do regret. Um, but she left this basket. And so a few days later I get home and, um, in the basket was scriptures, music, mascara, chapstick, tissues, and tons of books about heaven. And, um, and, and, a, and I had a few other friends give me books about just loss, just losing a child and the process. And one of the books goes to the book of Job. And so as I'm searching for Christ, who are you? I have a other testimony about my background where I'm, I'm thinking, okay, the Lord must hate me because all these terrible things keep happening. Um, but there I found the Lord and, um, and all of a sudden, like the Lord was like, this is what I want you to do. He had comforted me in a way, um, I can't put into words and that's what he wanted me to comfort other women. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's how it started. And so about seven years ago, um, I started little by little just, you know, ministering to families and really, um, helping women come out of the closet about their loss. Cause there's yeah. this shame and guilt and well I was a bad teenager so this is why this happened or I did this and this is why it happened and and that's not that's those are all lies of the enemy and so I'm able to just minister to families how to be there for their um, loved ones when they're going through these things or things to say and not to say mm. so. yeah I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that oh yeah yeah I know that had to be extremely traumatic for everybody involved yes yes I want to say the first about three years and I, and I had a baby like literally almost a year to the day, uh, after Ooh. I had my loss. And so it was, it was pretty traumatic for about three years, but I just knew, um, the Lord, I, he just promised me that he was going to do something with this mm -hmm. and he was going to make beauty for my ashes and he was going to give me joy again. And so, um, I, I kind of put him to the test. <laughs> I said, all right, Lord, this is what your word says. I'm going to do it. Don't hurt me. Yeah. And he did. And he, so he's just, he's blessed me, but it's been really cool just to see, um, just women be blessed and grandmothers be blessed and husbands come out and, you know, be blessed. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing what the Lord's been doing. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about, um, kind of that, uh, you know, two truths can happen at the same time. One is that you're seeing God be good in these things, but can you talk to me a little bit about what symptoms you were having from kind of a mental health perspective while, you know, it's like God's good and he's sovereign yeah, yeah, and all yeah, those yeah. things are happening, yeah. but like 
can you talk about what women experience? Yeah, um, and maybe even your husband. If and yeah. what's his name? His his name is Stephen. Okay, yeah, cool. and he's like total opposite from me. Like he would never do this. <laughs> um. So um, and then okay. So when I first lost her, there's this condemnation. Um, so a lot of shame. A lot of shame. Um, and then obviously you have pregnancy hormones that you're just trying to deal with. And you go into the hospital. We say obviously, but let's, I mean, be explicit. Okay, well, it. okay. When women are pregnant, they're emotional, mm-hmm. you know. And women, we, when we find, if we, you know, most women who plan for their, their baby or they want their baby. Um, and so we're very excited from the beginning. Yeah. Is it a boy or a girl? Who is he or he going to look like? What are their colors in the rooms going to be? Um, then you start playing first Christmas, first Easter, first birthday. Are they going to play baseball? You start planning for the future early on. That's just how we are. Um, men, I can't really speak for men, but what I do know is um, I think men get more excited once once they're there. They're like, oh, okay, like, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, for me, um, I, once I found out I had that loss, I had this condemnation. I went to the hospital not thinking straight and so my husband's having to you know he's grieving the loss of his child and now he's grieving me because i'm hurting i'm having to go through labor and we went through natural labor because we hadn't been through the pregnancy um like delivery uh, classes or anything so i had no clue you mm-hmm. know what was go- what was going to happen so we didn't do the epidural you know everything was natural um and then we have her well, um, I, I didn't get to carry her as long. And that's something that um, I encourage mothers to do, take carry your babies. I know it sounds so morbid, but do it because that is the only time you have with your child if you're having a um, stillborn child or even, you know, there's, there's so many different types of losses. But my biggest thing is hold your child, take pictures. Um, and I didn't get to do that. And so we go home and then... If you're, I mean, well, for me, I was further along enough that my milk came. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. All I was right. like, what's going on? So um, if somebody would have said, hey, take a Zyrtec D, you would have dried up. Or, hey, there's uh, milk banks that will take your milk. Yeah. And so there's different ways of healing. You know, everyone does things different. I've heard women who've donated, you know, a year supply, two year supply after their loss. Mm-hmm. And that's just how, you know, they dealt with it. So you have milk. Um, yeah, I was going to say that, you know, you, you said, you know, carry your baby as long as possible, mm-hmm. hold your baby, take pictures, all this kind of things. Mm-hmm. If that's what's best for you, right? I mean, yeah, everybody's yeah. going to grieve well, differently and everybody has a different background. They do. And 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 here's the thing. In other countries, um, they sometimes allow you to take your baby home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so hard within those first few hours to make all those decisions. Yeah. So what I try to do is I try to get the family to have an advocate to take pictures, to uh, do fingerprints, and hold those pictures. Ah, that's good. Until... Uh, the parents ready um, too many times parents say I wish I would have done A, mm-hmm. B, and C and so um, I know that's such a hard concept because I, I didn't there's this one grandma said I don't even want to see my baby I don't want to see that baby Yeah. but then I got to coach her through it and now she's just delighted that you know she got that time mm-hmm. so everyone is different um, but don't don't throw that idea away just yet because it's so it, a lot of families living regret. I haven't I haven't met one mother who said that. Oh, I wish I never did that. 
Yeah. Do you have a um a kind of workup or a sheet or kind of like a I don't. Okay. Well, we're going to work on that, me and you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I would love to put something on our website, um, attach what you do to it, and then give people kind of the options so mm-hmm. that they can pick. Because I think what you're saying is so perfect in the sense that we don't know what we need until we're there. And then we're in trauma and we can't respond appropriately. And so afterwards, mm-hmm. we have a lot of regret and a lot of like, oh, I didn't even know I could have done that. Or there was no way emotionally I could do that in the moment. So I didn't do it, but I wish I would have had this for later. And so, yeah, I think if we could come up with a way where people would know what their options are um, and then have people who can do those options for them until they're ready, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure there's a list of them. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a really th- awesome thing to offer people yeah. and mothers and families for dads and kids and for whoever. You know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Because um, for me, I was... I was not in the right mindset. My husband wanted to make sure that I was comfortable. And unfortunately, um, he didn't know what was right either. And so um, it was it, our situation was sad, but unfor- our situation was much better still than some people oh, definitely. Um, still. So um, I feel I really can't complain because, I mean, look what the Lord's done. Yeah. Three years ago or three years after my loss, I, you know, I was still kind of in the fog like. I have this baby alive, but there's someone still missing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. Tell me about the whole rainbow baby thing. Like, so yeah. how do you sit with that? Yeah. So I know a lot I don't of, want to offend some, anybody who loves um, that term. Some but. people, a lot of women do. Some people, um, don't, it's, it's such a, you know, everyone's different and whatever, you know, is everyone, if you're happy with that, good. If you're not, then that's fine too. So, um, basically, you know, there's a storm which Juliana, that was a big storm. And then um, when I got pregnant again, another thing I was gonna talk about is um, some women when they get pregnant again, they're super excited. Me, I was not. Mm-hmm. Me, I was just like, people were like, oh, you're rainbow baby. And I was like- Terrified. Terrified, the whole pregnancy. I think after like the fifth month, I got this piece. Um, and then I went into like early labor <laughs> and she was born like five weeks early. And I was, the Lord just gave me this piece, but, I was terrified. And I then bet. the first year after a, a Gabriella was here, um, I was still expecting for her to go. Mm-hmm. And so like, it was still this like two years of not sure, but. Um, right, so at that point you're in like five years deep. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it's important to say because <laughs> yeah. you know these things last your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not something that grief isn't, if you lose a child or a baby, it's not something that you just get over. And no. I think people think that, right? Move on. They do. And it's they like, do. no, you're not yeah. moving on. You're, you're, all that's moving with you. Yeah, now, how like, you integrate that yeah. and make sense of it is important, but it's not yeah. something you're moving past. No. And a lot of times people will say, how many kids do you have? Yeah. Can you talk and about so that? So I do say. Sorry, two. we jumped off the rainbow baby thing. <laughs> okay, I do say two kids um, because it's just it, Juliana's part of our life. Absolutely. Um, Gabriella actually tells her little schoolmates. Um, we homeschool, but we do this uh, homeschool co-op, and and she tells people, oh, today's you know my sister's birthday, and they're like, whoa, there's only one of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, she's with Jesus, you know, just so That's awesome, though. nonchalant. But and she still, gr- I mean, she grieves too, mm-hmm. though, because you know it's somebody who she never got to meet. Um, and she sees that it affects us. But I'm um, back to the rainbow baby. So for me, my story's different. Um, the after I gave birth to Gabriella, I was in total fear. And then you have all the hormones of pregnant, you know, 
pregnancy I'm like having postpartum and crying and not crying and like freaking out and and then um you know out she did the NICU so that beeping noise that you that reminded you she was alive was no longer there mm. so I was freaking out oh I bet and um so but the day I brought her home I had a rainbow in my eye and it's so weird I went to the doctor couldn't explain it, but every time I look at a light there was this rainbow this half rainbow and so it was, I didn't understand it at the time, had it for a whole year after Gabriella's first birthday, the day of it went away. And that's when I started to adopt. That's crazy. <laughs> it is like, I, I went to the doctor and I was like, something's wrong with me. Yeah. And my husband's like, there's nothing there. And it was only in one eye. And so for me, you know, that was God's promise, Yeah. you know, that he had, you know, he was going to take care of me. So for me, I, I love rainbows. I am a big, like people send me pictures of rainbows. Um, I had an article written by our Calvary Chapel uh, magazine and the woman who was writing the article, her friend sent her a picture of a rainbow, had no clue mm -hmm. about my story. Um, didn't even know, she didn't know anything about it. And so she sent it, her friend sent it to her, the, the writer sent it to me and she said, oh my goodness, like this is a sign, like yeah. a huge sign. So for me, I love it. Um, but not everyone is on board with it. No, absolutely. I think the reason is, is because sometimes people use it inappropriately as if it replaces, oh. you know, or, um, you know, some people don't have another kid or aren't capable no. of it. And yeah. so they're like, is God's promise not good? Like, yeah. did I not get my rainbow? Yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. you know, difficult for people to hear. Yeah. So like with, and that's why I'm very sensitive to all kinds of losses because we don't know if somebody tried for five years and got pregnant and lost a baby or did in vitro and lost a baby. We don't, I mean, we don't know people's stories. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm very sensitive with my words. And when people have those questions, um, I might not have all the answers, but I do know that if I lean on to the Lord, he's my comforter. Mm -hmm. And I may, they may not ever have children. And, and I have friends who may not ever have children. And it, it, it's a very, it's, it's sad, but even still you can have another child, but you still will never um, get over that loss. Absolutely. I think uh, one of the things that I see in people is for them to understand that um, that wasn't God's plan. And what I mean is, is that, uh, you know, <clears throat> Garden of Eden, right, was God's plan. Mm -hmm. No death, no destruction, no sin, no brokenness. And so everything after chapter three is not part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Now God's sovereign over it and he's making good out of it and mm -hmm. beauty out of ashes. But, you know, he's doing with what sin is trying to do that's destructive. He's going to make good out of. Mm -hmm. And so when we lose a family member or a baby or anyone, you know, their death is not part of God's plan as far as like he's causing it or, you know, he's allowing it because that's part of him being sovereign over the world. But with our babies, it's not, um, oh, he planned this so I can learn some lesson or, you know, so he can be, you know, glorified or whatever. It's, it's, it's a part of brokenness in the world. Yeah, God's not cruel. He, he's not a cruel God. He's merciful and just, and he's not throwing things out there. You know, I mean, he, he, he's, not, he's not my God. That, that's that's yeah. not my God. Um, but I do talk about that in one of my videos is there's a shame and condemnation of what did I do? Mm -hmm. And if, um, which is a lie, because if we had to pay for our own sin, what was the point of Jesus dying on the cross? <laughs> Absolutely. And so, yeah, he's um, not, Ze God's not Zeus. 
No. Right? He's not got no. a lightning bolt him because no. you screwed up in your teenage years or because you had sex before marriage no. or because you did something. Like, now you lost your baby. No. It does feel like that, though. It does. And, yeah. and okay, so. With everything. I would say not just miscarriage, oh, no. just life, right? Anytime yeah. something goes bad, you're like. Oh, that one sin. <laughs> yeah, Job's friend's coming in going, yeah. what'd you what'd do? you do? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I just, to me, that, I mean, and you're right. Like, we were never meant. I mean, we can't handle death. We can't. We don't understand um, what's in heaven still and yeah. so like we don't we can't comprehend no um, you know i think <clears throat> about uh david when he lost his son he knew where his son was at he was with god and there was no way he could i mean what was the point of for him it was like what's the point of grieving anymore like i'm, I'm the one that got the worst mm -hmm. deal out of it you know yeah. and so um he david just really ministered to me and um so i just look at him as my example i guess yeah and so it's good yeah so what are some um i guess myths about miscarriages that you hear a lot or i mean we covered some of them but well um for uh, for like i think people think we do things but it is it's sin sin when sin happened um when um, sin entered the world you started to have cancers and tumors and miscarriages and you know late child or just death in general and so um no amount of working out you know was because you worked out too much lisa because i used to lift kettlebells yeah. <laughs> um it's you know it's because you worked or you're too stressed they um these things you're you're, you're that kind of lot thing doesn't affect you know cause you to have a miscarriage people do crack cocaine <laughs> and have kids mm -hmm. and so um that's something that angered me a lot too was here i was you know being had, as healthy as possible you know planned my yep. life out got married blah 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 and then this happens and i'm like okay <laughs> and so yeah nothing well it's an attack to the ego a little bit right it's like i did all the right things i don't deserve to have this yeah yeah yeah, yeah so like for me um I was raised in foster care, had an abusive father, mother walked out. And so, you know, for me, it made total sense that you have this person who had this, all this stuff happened, PTSD, and let's add a baby in it. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I did that and um, she died, um, it was like, what, you know, I tried everything and, you know, what's the point? And yeah. so, um, you know, I was, thank God the Lord intervened because I was very suicidal then too. Um, but you know, God had other plans. And, yeah. and so I think a lot of people you know, after they have a loss, it's like, I can't like, what's the point of life? But if we just, if we allow him, you know, if we couple that with counseling, um, and we, and we just seek the Lord, um, he could do, he could heal, heal that grief and comfort you mm -hmm. i always have triggers there's always triggers people who have, have losses years later you know there's all, all kinds of triggers um and so um but but if we just just say all right here i am this is all you got like if you can do something with it go ahead yeah um that's good yeah yeah we um we had our first miscarriage in october let's see in 2019 so I can't, I don't remember the exact date, but, um, you know, my wife was pretty far along, not, not too far, but, um, I remember going, we heard the heartbeat, you know, we'd had two boys already. We, you know, luckily for us, uh, by the grace of God, both kids, both the first 
both our first two kids were, um, you know, kind of one and done. We tried for a month, bam. We're like, oh, this is easy. You know, the second was like two months maybe. And, and I, as a counselor, you know, sit with people who are trying for years to get pregnant and um, having miscarriages and kind of, you know, I've walked with people through marriage and engagement and then, you know, they get married and then they get pregnant and then, you know, I'm like, I've known them for three years and then they have the miscarriage and then I follow them afterwards and help them through it. And I'm just like, man, it's so painful. Um, on the one hand for me, it's like, well, I've learned the do's and don'ts, you know, or what, what it's like, or, you know, the varied ways that people struggle and grieve. And so, you know, I've been through a lot of trauma myself and that's one thing I never experienced, obviously. And I, I was praying that we get, when we got pregnant the third time, I was like, I just had this eerie feeling of like, this is not going to go well. Mm. And, uh, and I told, I told my wife, my therapist, and like, you know, I just, I can't get rid of this kind of gut reaction of I'm going to experience this trauma, you know, and it's going to give me empathy. And I, I remember being on my knees and praying to God, like, I don't want this type of empathy. Like, this is one of those ones. Can I just have a pass? Like I have, you know, this other trauma stuff, all this other thing, all these other things to have empathy with. I don't want to have empathy in this area. I'll have sympathy and I'll keep working with people. Um, and so we were, you know, eight, nine weeks in and, um, she had felt weird about it too. And, uh, we went and heartbeat was fine. And, and then I can't remember exactly what happened specifically, but we went back in for another checkup. I think just cause she was a little nervous and I'll never forget sitting in the, um, I got up that morning and I was just like, this is not good. I didn't say anything to her. We just got up, got our stuff, went to the doctor. And so we're sitting in the, you know, the doctor's waiting room and they're coming in to do the ultrasound. And, and she's like, you know, checking it on her belly. And she's like, I, uh, she's like, I can't really find anything, but maybe, you know, maybe it's just, you know, not far along yet. And so we'll do a vaginal, you know, ultrasound. And I'm like, I'm sitting behind her. You know, they sit you as a husband in the little chair behind her. And she, she sits up and, um, it's just dead quiet. And, uh, so the nurse leaves and through the wall, you hear boom, 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 of whoever's getting an ultrasound. The lady, I think was like, you know, 35 weeks. So it's just like banging through the wall. And it was just this contrast of like, that's what we should be hearing. And that's what we've heard every other time. And this is not going the way that, you know, and I remember just a pit in my stomach. And so the nurse comes back in with our pediatrician and I'm just instantly like, Oh gosh, this is terrible. Um, and neither one of us have said anything. You know, I just reach up and I'm rubbing her back and holding her hand and, um, and they come in and check it and, you know, she's just like, I'm so sorry. And they're, they're like, we'll give you a second. And so they leave. And you know, of course she's devastated yeah. and I'm devastated and I'm just trying to be supportive. And, you know, I'm just kind of still in shock. Um, <clears throat> and then they walk you out and, you know, you go through, this is the worst part about it. And, you know, this is something I think people deal with all the time, but then you have to go through back through the waiting room with all these other people and their babies and all these pictures all over the walls. And they take you into this random doctor's room and then they sit you down and kind of walk you through the process very sterilely, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they were sensitive and kind and all those kind of things, but it's just the system it is, is not very therapeutic. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we decided to not do a DNC and, you know, to wait and for her to have the baby and let it, let it go. We had had both our other kids naturally. And so that was just kind of our stance. Um, I don't think she, she didn't want to handle the trauma of doing that. And so, you know, we waited and waited and waited. And, uh, and finally she went into labor. Um, and it was just crazy because nobody had ever told, I mean, we, I'd worked through with clients, but I had no clue what to, you know, what it was going to be like yeah. myself. And so she, um, you know, she started going into labor. Well, we went to the hospital 
just to check to make sure, because it had been a while, to make sure she she wasn't septic or anything like that because she was feeling so terrible. And uh, we get to the, and you know, I'm telling this experience because it's just terrible what people go through. Mm -hmm. You get there and you wait forever. You know, she's like starting to bleed and starting to have the miscarriage. And they're like, go sit in the waiting room. You know, and I'm like, what? And so, you know, they were super nice, but eventually you go in and they just put you in a room. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was like, why? Why aren't we going up to the like labor and delivery? You know, and they're like, well, you can't go up there unless you're like past 18 weeks. And I and I'm sitting there in the waiting room, like, so you mean to tell me the average person comes in here and and just has their baby in the bathroom in the ER, like a 17 week old baby, mm-hmm. like developed, yeah, like a baby, you know. Cause I've had babies and I'm sitting there thinking, I know what they look like at 18 weeks, you know, like, and so it was just crazy to me that that's the case for so many women and so many families. And so we're sitting in the ER, they're having problems with their technology. And finally I'm just like, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to sit here and do this. So we get up and leave and go home. And she labored for another you know, few hours and ended up having the baby at our house. And, um, and it was just such a crazy process because it was like, oh my gosh, like you literally did, you labor the same way, mm-hmm. you know, with a 12 week baby that you do when we were at the hospital and we had a baby. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, she went to bed. I remember getting up the next morning early and cleaning everything up so she could get up and wouldn't have to see everything. And luckily I knew to do that because I'd, I'd heard, you know, the, the negative side of people not doing that and husbands not being there or women having to do it by themselves. And mm-hmm. And so I, I had to go to this uh, thing that I was teaching that, that day. So we had the baby at four o'clock in the morning and I had to be somewhere at six and there was no way I could cancel. It, it was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I went and taught and I just remembered being completely checked out, yeah. you know, I was there and teaching, but it was like completely numb. And then, yeah, the next, the next year we had two more. Um, mm-hmm. and it was just so rough. And every, and every time she has a period, every time she has a thing, you know, her breasts would get you know, bigger and harder. And, you know, she'd feel like she was in labor and, and that's gone on. She just, I asked her this morning, like, you mind me talking about this? She was like, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, we've done therapy. We've went to, you know, she's went to some retreats and done some three day intensives and, um, worked with medication and natural naturopaths and all these things to kind of get her body back. And and last month was the first month she's had a period where she didn't have any symptoms of pregnancy. She didn't have any, you know, emotional triggers. and, And that was, you know, almost two years ago. Wow. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just a devastating thing. Yeah. And, you know, luckily we have friends that have come around and been super supportive. And so when we were talking, I say all that to say mm-hmm. when we were talking uh, and emailing back and forth, you were telling me what you were doing. And then I was like, Oh, y'all brought us a basket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was so awesome. Cause I think Denisa Walker mm-hmm. had reached out to me. And so, <clears throat> you know, I remember luckily as a clinician, I had, you know, knew what to get and had, had to do some of that stuff. And so, but it was really helpful. It was very, uh, gentle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't intrusive. Um, the books that were in there were great. The things you gave were very helpful because a lot of times I see people help other people and it's terrible. You know, they're like, you know, they show up when you have a loss and they give you all this stuff, but it's like over the top, unnecessary triggering. And you guys do a very good job um, without me even knowing who you were previously of going, man, that was really great. I remember us talking about it and being like, that was very helpful. You know, like for anybody who didn't know, that would be extremely helpful. And uh, I kept the, the one thing I kept was I, there was a big keychain with a bunch of stuff on it, mm-hmm. but I took the little feet off of it. And mm-hmm. so I put it on my keychain and have mm-hmm. kept that. Um, just to remind me like God is good and he's sovereign. And mm-hmm. um, so anyway, so I appreciate what yeah. you did for us. And, and if anybody's yeah. listening to this and kind of hearing our story, everybody's story is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a husband, 
you know, be there, be present. You know, um, you're going to have your own grief and your own heartache with that. Um, grieving for your wife, grieving for your kid, all your dreams and aspirations. And then the other thing is, yeah, you just always feel like, um, they're supposed to be something. And, and, you know, I'll never forget, you know, we had two boys, so we took pictures and had them, you know, they were excited. And so we had to kind of walk the youngest one didn't really get it, but the oldest one did. And so we, you know, we walked them through that and talked to them about the baby and we read, read several books to them about their, you know, we still read it every once in a while. And, um, one of our dear, dear friends, um, gave us, I can't remember the name of the plant. It blooms and they're blue and red or blue and pink. Um, they have the big bulbs on them. Mm. Anyway, I can't remember, but we, we thought it was a girl. And so Mm -hmm. she had brought us this plant with this letter and you could plant it and it would bloom a certain color and they look like balloons. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like celebrating when they bloom the Mm -hmm. the birth of your baby or the loss or whatever. And, uh, it ended up blooming pink. And so, you know, we don't know if that was the case or not, but, um, it was just very, very sweet. And that was very thoughtful. And those are the things where I'm like, that's the stuff you need to do. Yeah, whenever um, I got my basket, um, again, my brain was just all over the place. I was in the hospital, um, and I didn't realize it until I got home. And I was like, oh, she left her camera equipment here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and then I start looking through it, and um, I didn't meet her. She's now she's a friend of mine, but I didn't meet her for like another six months, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is this person? Like, she's the one who I need to look to, you know? Yeah. Um, but the Lord had it done that way specifically because that's what he wanted me to do. Yeah. So it's been really cool. And uh, I know it's such a sad topic, but it's been really cool to, hey, here's this. And I'm not, I'm not going to say anything because then the Lord's able to do yeah. whatever he wants to do. And then y'all, there's this intimacy in the beginning of this this um, this love that you and your wife share and this realness between y'all and your children. Mm-hmm. And that's for y'all yeah. during that grief. And so um, I, I, I just love that part of it. And, yeah, it's good. and the cool thing is like, I don't really get to hear a lot from these people, but like sometimes occasionally I'll get a letter here and there. Um, but um, I don't, I don't hear someone like, Hey, did so, so contact you? I'm like, no. Oh, would well, you want to read? I'm like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because I don't know what the Lord's doing. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, what your w- wife went through is so traumatic. Did y'all ever name your child or Mm-mm. no? Okay. I mean, we had a girl name, um, and we didn't. I mean, we didn't know what it was yet, so mm-hmm. um, so we never got to use that name. That is something that is has mm-hmm. been a big loss uh, for yeah. us because we really wanted to use it, and we've decided at this point, unless God yeah. does yeah. something different, yeah. that we're not going to yeah. continue to try. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's interesting all the little nuances of loss that's in there and uh Mm -hmm. yeah so like if 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 people um you know are wanting to know what to do okay so and so you know had this loss i just want to hug them and be happy again yeah (laughs) don't do that you know like just you know and so i what i try to tell people is have an advocate for the family whether it be a grandmother or a friend um and set up a meal train um but don't bring in the meal put it in a nice chest outside, um, you know, mow people's lawns. Um, if they allow you to come into their home, that's a sacred space now. So do their dishes, like, you know, sweep, you know, take out the trash. Um, if you're very close do their laundry, but that's kind of, right. um, and then also let people, if they want to talk about it, let them lead the conversation. Mm-hmm. Gently ask them, do you want to talk about your experience? Um, and shut your mouth 
and just listen. That's Christians good. have a bad habit of saying some dumb stuff. Yeah, we do. And so, um, well, we try to, what, what I always say is try not to take people's pain away. Yeah. You know, that our instinct is we're uncomfortable. And so we want to change that comfort, our uncomfortableness by taking their pain away. And so we say things in the moment that what I think is, is more traumatizing because their pain is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. At some point down the road, if it's 10 years from now and you're still like a mess, like, yeah, there might be some things to work on. But the reality is, is that that pain you know, it, it means something because that, that child, that person, that situation that you lost mattered. And so when you try to take somebody's pain away, it just doesn't help because what you're saying is, is that that's, that pain's inappropriate. So let's get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is check in on our own hearts and our own guts and our own bodies and go, okay, why am I uncomfortable? This is not my loss. Is this speaking to some loss in myself that I need to process and deal with, you know, that I need to give to the Lord? Um, but yeah, tell them, you know, like grieve, cry, be mad, do whatever you need to do. I'm here, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm here with it. I'm not judging you. Yeah. You know, I have no expectations. Yeah. I think. And, and so for, yeah, for me, it was, I had this baby and then I wanted to talk about her who mm-hmm. doesn't want to talk about their right. babies. Right. And so when I had uh, my baby, that's all I want to talk to, but nobody wanted to talk about it. And yeah. I just remember thinking, why don't people want to talk about it? You know? this was a child and you know, I'm sorry you didn't get to meet her, but you know, and so it, it was just when people, the appropriate people who knew what to say, what color, um, hair did she have? You know, how did she look? Mm-hmm. You know, what was who her did she skin look tone? Like, yeah. Who did she look like? Um, and so those are the things that, um, you can ask gently if they don't want to talk about it, that is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. What is their name? And for, for the, for a parent using our child's name is the most beautiful thing that will come out of somebody's mouth. And so once you find out their name, use it all the time. Um, make notes on your calendar on the, on the special holidays, anniversary, birthdays, you know, and send them a text, send them a card, say, Hey, I'm thinking about you, send them flowers. Mm -hmm. Um, let people know that that you haven't forgotten, um, become that safe space. You know, because nobody wants to talk about your children sometimes. I had a woman uh, deliver a bath or food and she walked in and she's, it was a few weeks out and she's like, are you pregnant again? And I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) That was my first reaction. (laughs) Thank God the Lord had his hand on me because it would have gone up. But Mm -hmm. but she didn't know. Yeah, I've had clients who they're in the back sleeping and like so-and-so from church comes in, knocks on the door. Hey, where y'all at? I have your food. And, you know, people make it all about them and they want to comfort and they want to do the right thing and they want to give. And it's like, get out, you know, like yeah. don't don't come in and knock on the door and want to talk and hang out. And, no, nobody. I mean, some people might want that, but yeah, yeah, that's not on you to make the call. No, no. And so it, and it, it, it does exactly what you said. It kind of cancel. It makes you think that they want to cancel out that whole experience yeah um and so don't avoid the subject you know and if you don't know what to say tell them i don't know what to say oh that's super helpful you know like i am hurting for you i i'm speechless that says volumes Mm -hmm. um can you recommend any books uh any any ones that you give out that you love that are specifically good yeah so um there's one it's a devotional and the author and i and i actually became really good friends and her name is kathy wannenberg okay and she wrote green the child i never knew yeah that was a good one a little blue book Mm -hmm. yeah and she is i mean she's a beautiful person um 
and she wrote it in a time where she was grieving herself. Mm -hmm. And so I, a lot of women have gone through the book and just the Lord has ministered to them through that book. Um, another one that helped me is holding on to hope that goes to the book of Job. Um, you know, Job is like, it's a good one. Oh my gosh. Like your life is bad. And then you look at his, she's like, Oh, (laughs) and so going through that book, she has had two losses that just ministered to me. And I mean, those are the main two books. Um, Levi Lusco has, uh, through the eyes of a lion, Mm -hmm. really good book. Um, and I, and I also say music, you know, play grieving music. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman has a CD out called Beauty for Ash. No, I forget the name of it, but, uh, but he, it's like the whole CD is like, Oh, I'm hurting, but I'm going to worship the Lord. Yeah, like is David, that after right? he lost his child. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so there's all these, all these wonderful materials that we give out. Um, a lot of people want like the feet print, a uh-huh. token. And so there's just something about having, um, uh, something just to, okay, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause you have what is called empty arm syndrome cause you want to hold on to something. So I give, well, we gave out these, um, necklaces and now they went out of business. So I'm trying to like make the other things, but, um, so yes, um, put, give place to your grief, start a journal. I had a angry journal to God. And so um, I would just write him angry letters and then he would speak to lament. me. Yes, I would lament. And so, um, and so start a journal, give place to your grief and, um, and then, um, have a friend drive you around after, you know, have an advocate who's going to be there and say, Hey, let's just go for a drive. Yeah. Um, that's good. Any other thoughts, comments? This, um, has been, this has been extremely helpful and, uh, I appreciate you sharing your story and let me share mine with you. Yeah. And, I hope that people that are listening, um, you know, you have a story. And so if you've had loss, um, it's going to be different than ours, but I'm sure there's a lot of overlap. We hope that what we're talking about today has been sensitive and, um, but it's also made you feel validated and, and seen in a way, um, that maybe nobody has done. And so if you have something, I'd challenge you to meet, reach out to, uh, a therapist, you know, at our practice or somewhere near you that can work with you through grief, you know, PTSD, through trauma, through grief. Um, because a lot of times people around us aren't equipped. And so, um, this is part of doing the podcast is equipping people to know what it is that people go through with, with these type of losses so that you can be sensitive and go, Oh yeah, I heard that. I didn't realize that happened. Um, and I'm sure there's so much more that we could cover. Um, but if you're out there, whether you're somebody who's lost someone or a child or whether it's somebody, you know, somebody who has, uh, we hope that this, um, shine some light on a very t- touchy subject. Um, I think the stats one in four women. Is that mm-hmm. right? One in four. So it's very common. You mm-hmm. know, if you're in a room doing a Bible study with 15 women, most of the women in there have had a miscarriage or experienced mm-hmm. infant loss or, or child loss. You know, that's a, another one, like you said, even if it's early on, um, it's a very unique, difficult thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you my, uh, well, I'll let you say if you have anything. Well, I, you're going to survive it. Yeah. If you have had a loss, um, know that you will survive, that you are not alone. Um, reach out to us. Um, there's, I'm, I'm connected with a lot of other ministries like my own. And so you're not alone and don't, um, don't do this alone. Yeah. And, um, so please reach out. And I try, I, I respond to everything that people message me about. So you are not alone. That's the biggest thing. Okay. Say your ministry one more time. Juliana Grace Ministry. Okay. And what's the website? Juliana Grace Ministry. 
www.weebly.com. Okay. But it's going to change pretty soon. Just to Juliana Grace. Yeah, do you have a Facebook page or Instagram mm-hmm. or any of that I have stuff? a Facebook. Um, just Google me. Yeah, I'll tag it on the yeah, on I'll, this too. Um, okay, so I'll tell you. we got a few minutes left. I'll tell you my little theological idea. And you tell me if you've heard it before or if it's insane. So in this, for you theologians out there, this might be totally horrible, but it's just what I've come up with. So um, one of the things that I think was interesting for me to process uh, when we, when we lost our babies was thinking about, okay, so we lost this baby, let's say it's 18 weeks or 24 weeks or 30 weeks or whatever. Um, Heaven, right? And you're like, how how does this square up with eternity? Um, Because somebody was asking me like, you know, even my son will ask me like, how old are we in heaven? And so theologically, we don't really 100% know, but we know we're going to get a new body and, we, you know, we're, heaven and earth are going to be restored. And at least that's what we believe. And so I was thinking, OK, well, maybe what happens is, is that there's like this, you know, average age that everybody is in heaven. Like we get these perfect bodies, you know, older people who are decrepit and broken and, and hurting because they're old get brought back down to this age, right, where there's this kind of new neutral age. And, and maybe the beautiful thing about losing babies is that when we get to heaven, right? Cause my, my problem with it is like, are these babies just floating around up there? Like there, is there a bunch of like little, you know, 12 week old babies that are there, you know, like how does that work? You know, there's this, you know, concept that people have asked me and I've thought myself and I thought, wouldn't it be beautiful if, if you have lost a baby on earth that God's gift to you is that you get to watch that baby grow in heaven up into that perfect age. And so, you know, for everybody who's lost a child, um, you know, what if when you're there, you're fully restored, but then you get to watch your child grow and you get to parent in heaven. So you get to watch this baby grow and, and become a full adult in a perfect place. Whereas if we have kids now, we're not getting, we're, we're watching the pain. Like as, as beautiful as my kids are now, it's painful. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. They're mad. They're, fr- you know, there's pain, there's suffering, there's grief, there's sickness, there's illness. And so we, we, you never get to see parenting from a, um, a kingdom perspective. And so what if it, what if the gift is, is that when we're in heaven, that if you've lost a baby, you get to actually do parenting from a perfect, no pain, no grief, no heartache, no sickness perspective until that age. Yeah, that would be that'd be beautiful because I can't imagine um, doing that. To me, all that younger years so stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to do it in a per- perfect body and without sin, oh, it'd be all amazing, right? You know, yeah. So that's my yeah, thing. I'm like, yeah, that'd be, yeah. God is so good that I think He can work that out. Oh, He's sovereign. I mean, yeah. He's like, I don't know. Does I that did, make sense though? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and He would do something like that, wouldn't He? Right, exactly. He would. <laughs> I put it past Him. I know. Yeah. It's yeah, good. So anyway, sweet. that just has given me hope. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know if that's bad theology. You can get into it. But the reality <laughs> is that um, I think God is, it's going to make sense when it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have eternity together, worshiping him with no more suffering, no more pain. And all yeah. the babies that we've lost, all the babies that are aborted, all the babies that have died are going to be involved in that restoration and that reconciliation somehow. And so that's the way that I oh yeah I see it is that no matter what, if you're a parent and you've birthed a child or you've lost a child or you've miscarried a child or you've had an abortion, yeah, that will be re- God can restore that. Yeah, and He will restore. Yes, it. I mean if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, period, 
it's your faith that saved you and you will be restored. That's right. And so, yes, even women who have had uh, abortions, my heart goes out to them mm -hmm. because it's such a terrible, hard decision. But you too will be saved Absolutely. and forgiven. And, and ta-da, your baby's there looking at you, mm -hmm. you know. And so, yes, yes, I love that. Okay. Well, we're going to end with that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Lisa, so much for coming in. It's been really good for me. I'm glad I got through it without, without completely breaking down and booing. Um, so we love your ministry. Thank you for what you're doing. It's so unique and so needed, um, and it's so subtle. And so I appreciate that about you and your heart. Um, and, yeah, let's work. We'll get together on that, getting some stuff on the website and coming up with something. Uh, Brandy. Walker, one of our therapists, she works on grief and we're working on some stuff to give people kind of end of life ideas, kind of in the same way of like mm -hmm. you have a suicide or you have a death or you have a chronic illness, giving people kind of a checklist and a support of what they can do. Um, because a lot of times people die and we don't know what to do. We got to come up with funeral arrangements and all these things. So anyway, I would love to incorporate you in that and figure out how to have that as a resource for people mm -hmm. so that when they uh, lose a baby that they have, they're like, there's a way for them to know what are the options and why those options are good and bad so they can weigh them and then make choices mm -hmm. based on their unique circumstance mm -hmm. all right y'all like and subscribe to the podcast thank you so much uh, we know this was heavy if you're grieving right now just listen to this um, know that the lord is with you and beside you and he is the comforter and so god bless you guys and have a good day